She said, no matter how much you pull it, it won't make your hair grow back. Oh, are we on? Hello, and welcome to another edition of Retrospection. In this episode, we're flying high as we turn our X-ray vision to Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Is it solid lead, or will we see right through it? My name's Colin, and I've always considered you the Dutch elm disease in my family tree. Somehow I knew that was the one you were going to go for. Um, and I'm Paul, and a true genius like myself learns to seize the moment. Yes, and you do it every day, right? Every day I'm seizing that moment with both hands. And then letting it go. <laughs> you can't hold on to it forever, can you? No, no. no. IMDB says Superman 4 features the Man of Steel as he crusades for nuclear disarmament and meets Lex Luthor's latest creation, Nuclear Man. Mm, sounds exciting, right? <laughs> that sounds like a cracking movie. It really does. Yeah. More excited than the synopsis for the latest Superman and Lois TV show, which is, join the world's most famous superhero and comic book's most famous journalist as they deal with all the stress, pressures, and complexities that come with being working parents in today's society. Ooh. No, that sounds like, that sounds like a winner, doesn't it? Yeah, gripping. Was it an gripping. episode about mortgage payments? <laughs> Was it a superhero soap opera? EastEnders with capes. You know, that that is what they do, though. That is what the CW do. Is it? It's like, oh, Jimmy, Lex has escaped and he's got some kryptonite. Last night, he went to the Fortress of Solitude to kill Superman. Don't worry, Superman wasn't there. Where was he all night? He was with your missus. <laughs> is that what it's like? Yeah. I, I, um, I, I have seen the first one and it's a bit like that yeah in places yeah. <laughs> i have to well, say but i liked it oh there you go superman four stars include christopher reeve as superman and clark kent i'm glad, I'm glad that you, you told everyone that yes <laughs> well that's what it is okay gene hackman as lex luther and the voice of nuclear man he is yes margaret kidder as lois lane jackie cooper as perry white Mac McClaw's Jimmy Olsen, Mac Pillow as Nuclear Man, Muriel Hemingway as Lacey Warfield, and John Cryer as Lenny. Also, Jim Broadbent as Jean-Pierre Dubois. Yes, Jim Broadbent. Um, there's also that scene, actually, when we get to it, the, the other two people in that scene are quite interested as well. In what way? Or do you want to wait to get to it? I'll, I'll tell you when we get to it, but we've seen them before and we know them quite well from other things. Oh, I think it's flashed into my mind. Has it? And was that, yeah. was that a little pun there as well? No, no, no. Wikipedia says that Superman 4 is the fifth entry in the Superman films. <laughs> Come again? Yeah, yeah. You think fourth... The clue's in the name. You don't randomly start changing the numbers. Star Trek 3 didn't come before Star Trek 2. They didn't search for Spock before he went missing... Where's Spock? Where's Spock? Mm. He's in the kitchen playing 3D chess. Calm down. No, they, they, on Wikipedia, they count Supergirl as one of the Superman films. Well, it is technically in the same universe. Yeah, it's not a Superman film, though, is it? There's a picture of Superman on Supergirl's wall. That counts, then. 
Yeah. Uh, originally, uh, well, we've covered Supergirl before, haven't we? Yes. Um, and originally he was supposed to be in Supergirl, but he really couldn't be bothered. No. Mm-hmm. Well, can't imagine why. <laughs> he did this. <laughs> it's true. This is the first canon film for Superman. Yeah, and I'm, another canon movie. We keep racking them up, mm. don't we? Do you think they call themselves canon because a lot of the film should be fired into space? <laughs> Although, if they did that, Superman could fly up there and bring them back. But would that be an act of evil? Uh, do you want my opinion on that? It, well, it depends on the canon movie that you're talking about, doesn't it? I mean, if it's Life yeah. Force, then surely not. If it's over the top, then I don't know. Yeah, the, the catalogue is varied. It is, and... and <laughs> We must find something about them because, I mean, we keep covering them, don't we? So, Yes. I'd actually completely forgotten that this was a canon movie. Really? I mean, I knew it was. I always knew it was. But when I, yeah, when yeah, I started it... Yeah, but it just slipped it, your mind. It just slipped my mind. And it threw me for a second when the, the opening credits said it was an MGM movie. And then I realised, ah, uh, oh, they released it, didn't they? Yeah. This one was so cheap. Uh, Milton Keynes is used for New York... What could you say? There's a scene, isn't there, where um, that he goes to the United Nations, mm-hmm. and apparently it was yeah. filmed at a car park in Milton Keynes. Uh, and it looks like the building they're going to is just a hotel. I think it is. Yeah. They didn't even film the farm sequences at the farm in Canada, which apparently was still there at the time. The set was still available, and they could use it. They went to Hertfordshire, but. In all fairness to, to those scenes, you can't really tell in those, can you? I was going to say exactly the same thing, you can't. I would never have known. No, no. The Metropolis so, scenes, not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially uh, the subway one, which is clearly London subway. Because yes. it, it looks distinctive. <laughs> yes. Um, it's not surprising, though, because did, did, you, um, did you look into the... the how much this movie cost to make? No, how much? Well, it was originally budgeted at, at thirty-six million, but then it got slashed down to seventeen million. Ouch! Apparently, they kept um, taking money away from this movie to go and use on Masters of the Universe, but then both movies oh. ended up running out of money. Yeah, but in all fairness to Superman Four, that. It came in at 17 million to, to make in the end, but it did actually take 36 million worldwide, this movie. It's almost like you just make any old superhero film and it makes money. Hmm. <laughs> I've no idea what you mean by that. <laughs> Do you have anything else? Oh, I've got loads. <laughs> All right. Strap in. So Christopher Reeve went on record stating that the movie was a was a catastrophe from start to finish. Apparently, he yeah, took, I read that. at the premiere, he took John Cryer aside and said, before we go in there, I better tell you, it's going to be terrible. Wow, that's optimistic. <laughs> Funnily enough, John Cryer got to play Lex Luthor, didn't he? In what, uh, Superman Returns? No, in Supergirl, the TV show oh. recently. You got to play. Lex oh, did Lisa, he? Okay. Which apparently was a bit of a um, bit of a catharsis for him. Kind of washed out the bad taste of Superman Four for him. Um, right. Margot Kidder said that um, apparently she didn't get along with Christopher Reed during filming, 
as his ego was inflated because he co-authored the story of all the films to have a, a an inflated ego about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because he came up with the idea of it being about nuclear weapons, right? Something that's like right. That. And the the idea of Superman deciding to rid the world of nuclear weapons is an interesting idea. Yeah, the idea is interesting. It's the execution let's see how it, problem. Yeah, let's see how it goes in practice, yeah. <laughs> Um, apparently Wes Craven was set to direct at one point, but he left the project due to creative differences with Christopher Reeve. I, I think he, he, he dodged a bullet on that one, don't you? <laughs> yeah, although you don't know what kind of film it would have been if he'd made it. Yeah, because everyone just assumed, you know, Wes Craven's so synonymous with, with horror now, isn't he? But he did do other things besides horror. Mm. So it could have been interesting. Um one of the ideas for the villain of this movie as well wasn't before Nuclear Man. They were going to do Bizarro, which could have been interesting. I don't know if you know who Bizarro is. You're not, you're not up on your comic book lore, are you? No. Bizarro no, is tell, a, tell the listeners. Bizarro is a, an alternative uh, version of, um, kind of a backwards version of um, Superman. I don't mean backwards. What do you mean? But, <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I think it's a little early in the podcast I mean, to be flinging around slurs. No, I mean, everything's kind of reversed. So instead of being ah. really smart, he's dumb. Instead, of, his S is the wrong way around and he's kind of, he speaks strangely and he's kind of, how can I, kind of zombie looking. Is he weak? No. Oh, so not, <laughs> how can he be the opposite then? <laughs> Only selectively opposite. Hey, look, I didn't create the character. Don't have a go at me. <laughs> I'm not having a go at you. Um, Christopher Reeve apparently agreed to do the movie only if Cannon financed his pet project, which was a movie called apparently Street Smart in 1987. Are you aware of this movie? No. Apparently it's a thriller. No. Starring well, Christopher Reeve. have to Reeve. dig it out. Mm. Apparently it's meant to be yeah. quite good. By all ah. counts. So it paid off for it then in the end. I don't, well, obviously not because no one remembers it. <laughs> um, the interesting thing about this film was that its original running time was 134 minutes. <sighs> and apparently most of the deleted footage um, was considered as possible groundwork for a fifth movie at one point. So did they, so they filmed this stuff? They filmed all of it, yeah. So it's out there somewhere. It uh, does a lot of it on the Blu-ray, actually. Oh, that shows how much attention I've paid to the blue. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole, there's a whole subplot where the first nuclear man doesn't quite come off well. That's funny because I read that, mm-hmm. and then I'm watching the film, and I'm thinking, well, what were they talking about? Yeah, um, the first nuclear man kind of is a bit of a botch job, and there's a there's a whole fight sequence with with Superman that they cut they cut the whole thing out of the movie. And and the original Nuclear Man, the first Nuclear Man, was played by the guy that played, um, I can't remember his name, but he played Little John in Robin of Sherwood. Oh, okay. I picture him, but I mm-hmm. can't remember his name. Big yeah. guy, yeah. I think yeah. he was in Casualty or Holby City or something like that as well. Um, yeah, so that's that's all. I think some of that's on the Blu-ray as well. I might have to check that out. Yeah. But the fact that they, they, they cut it down to 90 minutes... Purely, well, it was for two reasons. Um, Golan and Globus thought that maybe they could get more showings in theatres with a shorter movie. Right. Which made sense. 
And also yeah. the fact that they wanted to make a Superman 5 and they thought it would be cost-effective to just chop half of this movie away and then build another movie around the footage that they already had. I see. That that would explain some of the issues I have with the structure of this film. Oh, th- there's whole scenes that cut from one thing to another and there's no connective tissue between it at all. <laughs> yeah, there's things that happen and you're like, Why, when did that happen? Don't remember that yeah. developing, but okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and the way it all turned out, I think it's a blessing in disguise because the next thing that they wanted to do superhero-wise, uh, canon, was to make a Spider-Man movie. Can you imagine Spider-Man on a canon budget swinging around New York? Actually, no, he'd be swinging well, around Milton yeah. Keynes, wouldn't he? <laughs> well, maybe not even Milton Keynes. They might not be able to afford that. <laughs> Bradford. <laughs> Sheffield. <laughs> And it, it couldn't swing because the buildings are too... So you just have to walk everywhere. <laughs> the buildings are too low. <laughs> oh, it's it just been... on the bus. <laughs> Part of me would like to see it, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't got change because he's no pockets. He's just feeling his seat. Like the Kenny no, he'd, he'd, have, he'd have a clipper card. <laughs> do you remember those? Yes, I do. Clipper cards. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a cat. You're showing your age there, Colin. I, my granddad told me about him. Oh, right, okay. Um, you know, despite everything, Cannon thought that this movie was going to be a massive hit and save the studio. Well, you can see why. He slapped Superman on it. I mean, it still made money, so... Mm-hmm. Obviously, how, how bad were they in debt, though, that $36 million didn't save their studio? Depends how they made it. They could have financed it on loans. Uh, they probably did... The, the, um, there's a couple of interesting documentaries about Canon that people should watch if you're interested, isn't there? Yeah, uh, it's called Electric Boogaloo, The Wild Untold Story of Canon Films. Yeah, that, that's the better of the two, I, I felt. I've seen them both, but that's the one that I remember the most. Yeah, check that out if you're interested in Canon. Gives you the whole gory details. Cool. All right, shall we leap into the film? Yeah, let's go for it. This is going to be good. We open with a red Warner Brothers logo with the Superman fanfare being played. And then we cut to orbiting Earth as the credits saw and the only decent Superman theme continues to play out. Do you remember when they used to do themes for films that you could remember? I know, they don't do it anymore. It's all, it's all Hans Zimmer um, rumbling and banging noises, isn't it? That's all you get these days. This, this is a Hans Zimmer track. <clears throat> Ah, there you go. <laughs> but it, it, it's a cracking theme, though, isn't it? It's, one, it's up there, for me, one of John Williams' finest, I think, the Superman theme. Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. nice. A giant red Superman logo appears, followed by the title of the film, and the credits continue for about two hours. It's a long old credit sequence, isn't it? It, it, it is, and they're... Um... They're hardly the credits that, you know, the, the way that the... If you think about Superman the movie, the way that the credits would zoom into the screen and then fly off, it's not, it's not like that, is it? <laughs> no, no. I mean, they do fly, sort of. Sort of, yeah. I, I did like yeah. the red Superman, more, the, the logo, the Superman logo. I thought it was very comic booky. It was like almost off the front page of a, of a comic book. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Finally, we see a spacecraft orbiting and the sounds of a Russian cosmonaut singing. He's performing maintenance on the outside of the ship. Another cosmonaut tells him 
Sing at home, comrades Sinatra. Comedy Russians, aren't they? Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Yes, eighties uh, comedy Russians. Eighties comedy Russians. This this spacecraft as well. The, the the miniature. It doesn't look that bad. Oh no! All this this so far, we're pretty good. We're, mm. we're you know quite happy with this. This is before the money ran out. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, we see a piece of space junk flying through space. That's where it's usually that's space where space junk, junk usually flies. <laughs> yeah, what a terrible sentence! <laughs> Actually, you know how films are not filmed in order. Yeah, but it almost seems like this film does actually run out of money at some point. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not like you could go, "Oh, that bit's cheap. That bit's not. That bit." It's it's like it's okay, 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 and it just goes. Vroom. It does. It does. It, it's 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 a very low curve that it goes down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Suddenly, we see a piece of junk flying through space. It hits the cosmonaut and flings him out into the atmosphere and sends the craft spinning. Just like gravity. But then... Yeah, just like gravity. Exactly like gravity, Colin. Ex- absolutely. Yeah. Spot on. But then Superman appears. He stops the craft from revolving and rescues the cosmonaut. And then in Russian, he says, you'll be safer singing in here. Apparently, in space, nobody can hear you scream. But can hear Russian. <laughs> I never thought about the sound, actually. Yeah. Now, the, there's something very funny about this shot of Superman flying towards the camera, isn't there? What's funny about it, Paul? Well, I don't know. It just looked a bit off to me. And, and, and you see it quite a few times throughout the film. <laughs> and it doesn't look better every time. It just looks, it it's just weird looks that a bit the flying weird. sequences are worse. Yeah. Like three films after the first one. Yeah, I mean, I, part of me even wonders whether I tell you what it looked like. It looked like a still picture of of Christopher Reeve flying towards towards the camera that they just moved closer to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's just going, "Wee!" <laughs> That's what it looked like. Or oh, they're zooming in on a still picture, and then they can just change right. the background whenever they want to. Oh, maybe. Yeah. And, and when he flies back to Earth in a minute, did, is this a new power that Superman's got? He can turn into a cartoon all of a sudden? Yeah, well, it's one of his magic powers. Oh, he's got a few of those in this film. <laughs> <laughs> so Superman does fly down to his farm on Smallville. Mm-hmm. He magically turns into his civilian clothes. A bit like Supergirl. Yeah. All right. Just like Supergirl. Yeah. The farm looks abandoned. He enters a barn and opens a trap door in the floor, uncovering a hole that glows green. Don't you open that trap door? Because <laughs> there's something down there. Classic. A voice starts up. Burke, where's my breakfast? <laughs> That's not the voice. <laughs> I'm still to be trapped up. Oh, I haven't thought about trapped door in years, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> They're all on YouTube. Wasn't it Tony Robinson? Was it Tony Rush? No, it's Willie Rushton. Willie Rushton's, yes. So in reality, it's Superman's mum's voice. Listen carefully, my son. By now, Kal-El, you are entering the atmosphere of the planet known as Earth. I pray you have had a safe journey. Who do they pray to? They have a god? He's, he's they might do. Yeah. The, the yellow son of your new home will give you great physical powers, but it cannot console your spirit. Placed aboard this vessel... Is an energy module, and apparently a tape that plays a lot of exposition. <laughs> Has he never listened to this before? In four movies? 
No, hasn't thought about it. No. Has, well, maybe it's different tracks. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> and for all you know, this could be track 350. He's been like, oh God, I've got to do another track of this. <laughs> just just fill with mum. Tracks one to 10 are like, brush your teeth. <laughs> Clean behind your ears. <laughs> and then they get more complicated as they go on. Yeah. It's also interesting that no Marlon Brando. Oh, yeah. I mean, hmm. was he expensive at this point? I guess he was, right? Even though... Yeah, he was alive at this point, wasn't he? That that I'm not sure about. I was wondering that myself. Mm. I think he died in the 90s. I'm sure he died in the 90s. But, I mean, they're not... Canada are not going to yeah. get Marlon Brando, are they? I mean, <laughs> Richard Donner That's only true. just managed to get Marlon Brando. I don't think <laughs> Canada are going to get him. So the voice continues. This is all that remains of a once powerful civilization. Krypton, your mother planet. It is my last gift to you. Once removed, the ship will grow cold and silent. You will be alone. The power in the module can be used but once. Use it wisely, my son. You'd think they'd put more than one in there just in case. Maybe he had more than one and he used them all. This is the last one. Never thought about that. That's a good mm-hmm. point. Maybe he did. Although it is quite... He should have used it to get out of this <laughs> film. <laughs> It, it is interesting that he's never actually taken this out of the ship. I mean, how long has he been on Earth now? And he's never thought to take this out? Why has he suddenly decided? Wouldn't it come in handy when he was fighting General Zod? A couple of movies ago. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So Superman uses X-ray vision to see through the wall of the burn and sees a truck approaching. He places the crystal in his jacket and seals the hole back up. A man called Mr. Hornsby gets out of the truck and Clark greets him. Hosby tells Clark that there's an offer on the place, but Clark will only sell if the person buying wants a farm. Not to knock it down and build another shopping mall. Hornsby sees the baby crib that's bashed about a bit, and he recalls Clark's dad joking that it had been broken when Clark had had a bad dream. That's straight out of the 1930s comics, that by the way. Oh, facts fans. Thanks. (laughs) uh, If we could asterisk... In podcasts, that'll be an asterisk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Clark offers Hornsby a baseball bat, ball, and catches Mitt for his grandchildren. Hornsby decides he wants to have a game for some reason. Nostalgia, I guess. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. He throws the ball to Clark. Clark misses it. And Clark tells him he's going to hold out for a real farmer. Hornsby gets back into his car and tells Clark to be careful in Metropolis. It's a long, long way from where he was born. Clark remarks that he'll never forget that. It's a nice line, but should have been... It's, that's first film lines, not this late in the series. But no. all right, still a good line. You've got to say, though, haven't you, that, that watching this, this scene... And, and, I mean, Christopher Reeve is really good in this movie. He's good as Clark Kent and he's good as Superman. And, and this is what I think other versions of the character miss, I think, now. The way that Reeve plays it, you know, he, he differentiates between... Superman Clark Kent and the reason why he does that is to deflect people away from oh that bumbling guy that's always falling over himself he's he's not Superman is he even though he looks like Superman right <laughs> yeah but, but you watch any all, all the recent versions of Superman he, he put the, the, the actor plays it the same both of them mm. he plays Superman the same way he plays Clark Kent and and that goes all the way back to things like Lois and Clark Right. There's no difference. 
So what what Christopher Reeve did, I think it's 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 superb what he does in these Superman films. Well, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox now, shall I? <laughs> yeah, bye. Bring back if, Christopher if Reeve. Be, oh, that's not going to happen. If only you could be so thoughtful about you know important things in your life. I know, I know. I should, I should, I should no, put mind. more effort into it, but you know. Yeah, never mind. Don't There's mind no that. capes. There's no capes involved. No, yeah. no. As the car pulls away, Clark takes a swing at the ball. Hansby forgot to take the bat and the ball. Yeah, he gave them to just, him. It, rude, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he just took the catches. Yeah. The ball soars into orbit. It'd be funny if the ball flew into orbit and hit the Russian cosmonaut in the head that he saved earlier. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, You're not going to believe this, <laughs> but it's a baseball. <laughs> you didn't get that in gravity. Um, no. You know, the interesting thing about that, that scene that we, we had with the Russians, by the way, that that was cut in a lot of American versions. The, the, the scene with Superman, when it was originally released in the cinemas, that, that scene of Superman saving the, co- the, the cosmonauts was cut completely. So how did the film begin? I guess it just began on Smallville. Wow, so that's even one less almost action sequence. I, <laughs> I suppose you could not right. At the height of the Cold War, I suppose they, they were worried about having Superman saving Russians, weren't they? But that's the point of Superman. It, I know, I know. That's the point, it's the point of the film, too. I know, I know. Because he, he does it a few times. He speaks Italian and Chinese in this movie, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, never mind. So we cut to a rock quarry and a chain gang are cracking stones. Lex Luthor is whistling Mozart as he does as little hard work as possible. He explains to Prisoner that he now has plans to recreate life itself. Gene Hackman's having a ball, isn't he? Gene Hackman's having a ball, but I always find this character... I can't believe that he's actually a villain. Because he's so inept and bumbling. Yeah. That... Yeah, I can see what you mean. I have trouble imagining that he's invented anything. I, I think the, the the scene that always strikes me when when going to uh, talking about what you're just talking about, there's a scene in in Superman the movie where the two police guys are chasing Ned Beatty through the the subway, and they mm-hmm. Ned Beatty goes through a secret door, and then one of the police guys is is trying to find where the secret door is, and there's a train coming the other way. And then we cut to Lex Luthor, Gene Hackman, in his little hideout. And he sees the, the, the policeman standing in the little alcove. And he presses a button and just coldly kills him by pushing him out in front of a train. So you've got that side of, of, of Lex Luthor. But then that always sits really strangely with the bumbling, kind of very childish version of, of Lex Luthor that he plays most of the other time. Right. Would you say he gets more bumbling as the films go on? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting when, when he or shall not be named plays Lex Luthor in Superman Returns. That film tried to bridge the gap between the cold-hearted side of him and the silly side of him. Right, right. But, tried, uh, tried to we, we, bridge the spacey. Who? He tried to bridge the spacey. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> So two guards start to hassle Luther, but their attention is drawn by an open-top limo pulling up. 
At first they tell the kid who's driving to leave, but then they start getting interested in the surround system fitted into the car. This is Lenny, and he asks the guards to sit in the car and really hear the sound. Lufo watches from the rocks. Lenny has a remote that closes and locks the doors, lowers the roof and pushes the chairs back. The guards yell, but Lenny sends the car speeding over the edge of the quarry, and it explodes in a ball of fire when it hits the ground. It does, yes. I don't know what Lenny. you're going to say. <laughs> Lenny unlocks Luther's ankle cuffs and asks him if he did all right. Lenny, I've always considered you to be the Dutch elm disease in my family tree, but this time you did fine, remarks Luther. As they leave, you get an 18 special. Mm-hmm. The two guards, who somehow <laughs> survived this dramatic crash, pulling themselves back out of the quarry. Yes, it's very A-team. Yeah, I actually wrote it's very A team in my notes. Yeah, yes. yeah, those guys are dead. <laughs> but any, but only two guards on a on an entire chain gang as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of of Lex Luthor, who I'm pretty sure is one of the biggest villains there, right? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Hmm. Going back to what you're saying about him being a bit of a joke, all the other all the other prisoners seem to treat him like he's a bit of a joke as well, don't they? Yes, they do. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. <laughs> Luther reveals that all he's thought about whilst being in prison is destroying Superman. We cut to Metropolis. Lois Lane is walking through the subway system while reading a French language book, which is confusing because you're watching this and you're like, yeah, this subway system is not in America. So is she in like, France? So are we are we in France? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> why no, is she talking to people? No, we're we're in London. <laughs> in this yeah. moment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So she gets on a train and Clark just misses it. And then she's reading a French travel guide out loud to people on the train. Like nobody talks to people on underground <laughs> trains. But alright. Uh suddenly the train driver appears to suffer a heart attack and slumps over. And for some reason, this causes the train to speed up instead of stopping, which is what happens to every underground train in the world. Is it really? They have a dead man switch. Oh, right, okay. The driver has to hold a lever in position all the time. If he has a heart attack, dies and falls over, the switch is disconnected and the train stops. Does he not fall forward onto the lever switch? So he's still holding it and but, pushing but he, it forward. He wouldn't hold it. It's, it's, he has to hold it against pressure. Right. Okay. All right. That's the point <laughs> that, of it. That's what you're worried about in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. At this point, I'm like, well, this is shit. <laughs> it, it's 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 underground system knowledge is seriously lacking. <laughs> I think that's not the only thing that's seriously lacking in this film. But carry on. All right. So, so Lois yells for help. She's the only one who yells for help, and I'm not sure exactly how she thinks that's going to solve problems. But in this world, it does, because Clerk hears her cries while he's waiting for the next train. He runs into a phone booth. Ah, that's why she yells. Because, because she, knows she knows he's around. Su- she, knows, she knows that Superman will hear her because Superman's her special friend. Also, ah... Does she also know that Clark Kent is Superman because she's remembered stuff? Oh, I don't know. This is that's a bit hazy in this film, isn't it? At various points. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll get to that later, <laughs> I guess. Got to say as well, this is the only time in any of the Superman movies where we actually see 
Clark Kent run into a phone booth and change. Because they do the gag in the first movie, don't they, where it's just a, a phone kiosk and he can't mm. actually get in it. Right. But the, the the phone booth changing thing is a massive Superman thing, isn't it? Do we have phone booths on platforms in underground stations? No. 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 Right. Superman flies past the train and stomps on the live rail, which somehow slows the train down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. All right. He enters the cab and checks on the driver. And then as the rescue crew arrive, he says, I think he needs a doctor. No. Really? You think he needs a doctor? Can't be bothered to tell anybody what's wrong with him. No x-ray vision or anything. Just, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think there's something wrong with this bloke. He's a busy guy. Plus, he's going to be late for work now, isn't he? To be honest, when I was watching it, I got visions of you, a superman. Oh, yeah, go on. Just, just, just going, oh, I think there's something wrong with this, mate. And they'll, they'll be like, well, what's wrong with him? Yeah, it's your job. Just walking off. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized if it's you, you wouldn't have stopped the train in the first place. Oh, I would if I was Superman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although, he stops the train, but you don't actually physically see him stop the train, do you? He kind of holds out his arms, and they shoot it in a way where it looks like he's stopping something, but you can't actually see what it is he's actually touching. Yeah, I had no idea what was going on. That's why I was like, he stomps on the live rail, there's some smoke, and then he holds his hands out, and then the train stops. Yes. <laughs> I've got a clue. No. <laughs> Do you think at this point, this is where, when, as Christopher Lee was, Reeve was watching this, when he put his head into his hands? Or do you think he did it sooner? Or maybe later? Well, it depends what order they filmed it in, but um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe... It, he was told, "Oh, we'll be we'll be fixing it in post." Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, like when he finally saw the, the the finished product. Oh, when he saw it, when he was watching yeah. it. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Yeah. He's like, "What the what the hell's this? What happened? <laughs> what did I stop it with my breath? I mean, I suppose he could have. Maybe he used his special look ability that he develops later. <laughs> he could just stir something into being. <laughs> yeah." We'll talk about so, that <laughs> later. All right. <laughs> Lois calls out for Superman. And for some reason, Superman then decides to reassure people that our subway system is still the most safe and reliable means of public transportation. Our subway system, suggesting other people's not so safe. <laughs> well, he's American through and through, isn't he? I guess so. Hmm. I think Pity this is in London. <laughs> I think this is is more of a the the writers trying to do a callback, a clumsy callback to the um, you know statistically speaking, uh, uh, crafts are still the safest way to travel kind of thing from the original movie. Oh, I I didn't get that, but yeah, okay, I think that's what they're trying yeah. to do. Yeah. He flies away before Lois can find him. So we're at the Daily Planet. Yes. Having a meeting with the new owner of the newspaper, Mr. Warfield. He doesn't like the fact that the paper hasn't made money in three years. And his daughter, Lacey Warfield, backs him up. Marion Hemingway is an interesting actress, isn't she? What's interesting about her, Paul? Um, the lack of acting ability that she seems to, do, <laughs> seems to have on show. 
That's quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She doesn't really have much to work with. Not really. But why does she sound like she's got a really snotty nose through most of this film as well? Maybe she had. It was allergy well, it was season the, in Metropolis it was the that 80s, week. Was the, it was the 80s. Oh, you know? I see. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what you're going with. Yeah. Okay. Huh? So Warfield tells White that Lacey will be helping him. She shows him a mock-up of the new Daily Planet. The headline reads, Summit's kaput, is world at brink. And there's a half-naked woman below it. There was, yes, I noticed that as well. Which is, I think, more of a British thing than an American thing. Yeah, you don't have, like, page three and all that uh, rubbish, do you? It wasn't a thing here. Clark points out that the world isn't really on the brink, and the headline is irresponsible, but Warfield doesn't care. White says that if Lacey thinks she could turn the grand old lady of the Daily Planet into one of their bimbos, but Lacey points out that her dad holds all of the contracts which are laughed to honour. Lois then mentions her assignment to Paris, which now explains why she's been trying French for the entire film mm-hmm. up to this point. But Lacey tells her all travel has been cancelled. As everybody leaves the meeting, Clark tells Lacey that they'll try to cooperate, but the reporter's first duty is to the truth. The people of the city depend on it. After he leaves, Lacey asks Lois if he's for real. Lois says yes, 100%, he's the oldest living boy scout, and points out that he wouldn't be interested in somebody like Lacey. She replies that every man likes her because she's very, very rich. Pretty sure that's not the reason. Oh, it's her acting ability, right, That's right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In Wayfield's office, he's asking Clark why there are no travel or expenses for him. Clark reveals that he gets her sick. That's a nice gag. Yeah. Jimmy, Perry and Lois enter. Jimmy says the president is about to give a speech. Wayfield hopes it's terrible news as it will double the circulation. And the president does say that peace talks have failed. And then we cut to a school. The teacher is telling the students that even though the news isn't good, they need to think positive. Did you recognise the teacher? I I did, but I don't know her name. She played Admiral Cornwell in the first season of Star Trek Discovery. Ah, that'll be why. Mm-hmm. I, no, I knew I, in my mind I was like, that face is familiar, yeah. but I couldn't think why. Yeah. She suggests they write to the congressman. And asked one of the students, Jeremy, what he'd do. Jeremy, in an accent that comes from nowhere. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this kid's dubbed. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Says he should write to Superman. Can you imagine if you'd spoken like that in our school when we were kids to one of our teachers? Yeah, what do you think would happen? I think throw a well, board rubber I, at I was just going to say they've had a board rubber thrown at you. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. or, an Actually, or an embarrassing caricature of you drawn on the, on the blackboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, our first mistake was asking for their opinion. Our teachers wouldn't have asked for that. No, no. They would have told us what we were going to do. Yes. Yeah, we, we were just little, uh, yeah. little robots too. <laughs> That's all we were, yeah. Yeah, as long as we were quiet. This kid's so snotty-nosed, isn't he, as well? Yeah, he is, yeah. I'll tell you what I'd like to do. Yeah, that's twice if you snotty nose. Is his the same problem as Mariel Hemingway's problem? <laughs> yes, there's a lot of snotty noses in this movie. Yeah. Oh. oh, there's one there. <laughs> <laughs> so he cut to a museum with an exhibit about Superman. In the exhibit mm-hmm. is a strand of his hair that is holding a thousand ton weight. Now Lex Luthor and Lenny are at the museum, and after everybody has left, and I guess the museum is closed. Luther decides he wants the hair for his genetic code. 
that it can use to build on being more powerful than Superman with an allegiance to him. He smashes the case. An alarm sounds. Then he uses a simple pair of tin snips to cut Superman's indestructible super strength hair. <laughs> it is so rubbish. It really is. It's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> It is rubbish. I tried to justify it to myself in that he was snipping whatever the hair was attached to, not the actual hair, but... He w- I think it was just a case of the writers going, oh, no one will think about it, will they? I did. You did. Yeah. We all mm-hmm. did. I think so, yeah. Back at the Daily Planet, Clark enters Lacey's office to find her reclining on the top of her desk. Who does that? Well, she's, she's trying to impress him, isn't she? How would that impress you? It's like you walk in, you go, don't know how to use a desk. Don't know how to use chairs. What's wrong with you? She shows Clark a new layout that she wants him to work on and starts touching him and getting personal that would send modern day alarm bells at HR. Yeah, it's a shame. Attention to all the people who work for Paul that he would like to touch and get personal with you. No, I meant... What I meant was, I, I wouldn't really? mind being Clark Kent in this situation. Oh, because you? you'd like to be touched up by Mary or Hemingway. Well, I wouldn't say no. Yeah, but there's not much you would say no to, so. <laughs> it's not exactly a boast, is it? Fair enough. All right. Clark doesn't want to do it, but she wants to work closely with him. And she wants to take him to the Metro Club that very night. Lois walks yeah. in with... No, I was just saying, yeah. Oh, is that it? Okay. <laughs> thanks, thanks for your input. <laughs> Lois walks in with a letter to Superman. It's the one from Jeremy and his classmates saying that Superman could stop the nuclear arms race and get rid of all the missiles. Now, Lacey thinks there's an angle on this, but Lois says, what angle? He's just a kid. Well, Lacey says they can whip up a campaign and make that kid a celebrity until everyone in the world will wonder what Superman's reply will be. And I guess that's what she does, because we suddenly cut to Warfield welcoming Jeremy at a publicity event. Again, it, it's like I said before, it, it feels like all the connecting tissue between scenes has been ripped off, doesn't it? It's like there's, there's yeah. nothing there. Yeah. Nope. So we're at a shopping mall, I think. I think it is a shopping mall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Warfield forces Jeremy to say what he wished for, and Jeremy says he wishes Superman would have said yes. And then we cut to a spinning newspaper, and the headline reads, Superman says, drop dead to kid. Very Batman. What's the Batman? Adam West West Batman with the spinning newspaper. But it's also every... 1940s film that has a newspaper headline in it. Yeah, but you, you know that they were going for Batman, though. That's what they were. No, no, I didn't. No, they were. That's what they were going for. They were going for Batman. Right. Jimmy hands a copy of the paper to Lois and an angry white leaves. We don't know why he's leaving, but he's up to something. Lois tells (laughs) Clark there's nothing. (laughs) What? Go on. (laughs) The only reason I said that was because it ties up later. To be truthful, you don't actually know what he's up to. It comes out the blue. No, no, no! It's it's just when you said um, an angry white, <laughs> an angry, an angry white, white leaves. <laughs> oh yeah, we've seen a lot of them recently, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. You just made me laugh. Yeah. Go on. 
Lois tells Clark there's nothing he can do now and she's sure Superman will make the right decision. Clark flicks through the paper as he walks into an empty part of the office and thinks about what's going on. Now, is it empty because they've all got the day off or is it empty because they couldn't afford the extras that day? Probably both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think also it's his, it's his moment of solitude because then he goes and flies to the Fortress of Solitude. He, he does, and the fortress is looking a bit threadbare these days in this movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's less of a fortress and more of a Roman wall remains, right? <laughs> yes, it is. It is. He's it's looking, it's looking a bit rough. Yeah. And so now we have his mum speaking again. May the elders watch over you, my son. The wisdom is all that is left of a once enlightened and powerful planet. Well, that and this module and these exposition tapes. Yes. That's all that's left. <laughs> yes. She urges him to listen. Superman says he knows that he is forbidden to interfere. Wait. Doesn't he interfere all the time? In fact, at one point, didn't he reverse time? Yes, he did. And they did tell him he was forbidden to do that as well, in all fairness to Superman. Yeah, but it's not like he's not set a pattern. So why is he so concerned now? I suppose, though, if you think about it, really, they say he's forbidden, forbidden to do anything, to do these things, but they're all dead. Yeah, so who's who's forbidden him? Why, yeah. what's, so what's the what's punishment? The worst that, what's the worst that's going to happen to him if he didn't do it? Nothing. Nothing, no. And yet the Earth is threatened by the same fate as Krypton. I can't remember, but what was the cause of Krypton's destruction? Um, if we're just going to talk about the movies, then in the original movie, it was because um, they, they had planetary issues in the core of the planet that, that the scientists didn't believe were real. It's kind of like pla- global warming kind of thing. It was a... <laughs> Sorry, I love your description. What's wrong? Oh, oh planetary issues. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to be technical, Colin. <laughs> oh, all right. It was an analogy to global warming, I would imagine. So, I mean, I guess the same fate just means destruction. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's no other connection. Okay. The Earth is too primitive. You can flee to new worlds where war is long forgotten, says a floating head. If you teach the Earth to put their faith in one man, even yourself, you're teaching them to be betrayed, says another floating head. And then the head finishes with repeating, Betray! 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 <laughs> in that weird ghost way. What does he mean, betrayed? Who's betrayed? Why would he be betrayed? It, it Why would it, the people be betrayed? No, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Did you know that apparently they wanted Trevor Howard to come back as a floating head? You know, he's in the original movie. He's one of the floating heads in the original movie, isn't he? He said no. He, he, I think he was busy. <laughs> oh, Trevor, ha- Trevor Howard in the 80s was <laughs> yeah. busy? All right. <laughs> Uh, we cut to Clark watching a Russian news report that the peace talks have failed and they need to be second to none in the nuclear arms race. His door buzzes and Lois enters. She's annoyed because Clark was supposed to meet her. He, he doesn't want to go and he has some thinking to do. She asks if she can help in any way and they step out to the balcony. Clark steps off the balcony with Lois screaming that things aren't that bad. In mid-hurry, he changes to Superman and they fly off and... 
basically rehashed the flying scenes from the first film, only for some reason, much worse. <laughs> yes, it is a really bad, bad rehash of the can you read my mind moment from Superman 1, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost identical. Doesn't he pretend to drop her in the first one? <laughs> yes, he does, yes. <laughs> okay. And um, the the... I don't know what's worse. I mean, the 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 green screen's just awful, isn't it? I mean, there's huge black yes. matte lines around them, and it, it, it's is it is. I mean, you know about you know about the technical stuff better than I do, but it was almost to me, to my eyes, it looked like the the foreground and the background were completely different gradings, so that you couldn't. You, it looked like something that was just literally slapped on top of something else. <laughs> yeah, they hadn't matched the lighting. No. At all. No. Surely it would have been cheaper just to have borrowed the footage from the first film, because you're doing the same stuff. Maybe they, they wouldn't let them. Yeah, maybe. Plus, you know, no disrespect to the late Margot Kidder, who I think is fantastic. She doesn't quite look the same in this movie as she did in the first movie. Oh yeah, that's true. That would have that would have made a difference. Yeah. Yes, good point. Good point. So after this sequence, they fly back to Clark's place. Superman tells Lois that she's the only one he could talk to. She tells him to do the right thing you always have. He says to her that she doesn't know his real name, but Lois does. Kal-el, she remembers everything. So she remember she knows that Clark is Superman throughout this film up to this point. I read it as... So he wiped her memory at the end of Superman 2, didn't he? Yes. With a kiss. And then I get it... I'm taking the fact that her seeing him change into Superman again when she was falling, working out that he's Superman again, broke through whatever he did and all the memories came back at this point. All right, I could buy that. That's fine. Okay. Because then he wiped... It should have been clearer, Yeah, it it isn't. And it kind of gets fudged later on in another scene, doesn't it? But when does she know who he yeah. is? Does she not know who he is? But because in a minute he's right. going to wipe her mind again, isn't he? Yes, because he says that never set one of them above the rest. Love all humanity instead. He quotes, and then that's not fair. And he he kisses Lois. Mm-hmm. He leaves her eyes closed and then changes into his tuxedo. She wakes up. Now she's forgotten everything. So. He kisses women and then blags their mind so they don't remember it. It's like a 70s DJ. <laughs> Any in particular coming to mind, Colin? I, I don't know. I, I'd have to uh, wander down some streets to think of a particular DJ. Maybe take a look at Savile Row. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well done, yeah. um, also, how much help was she really? She didn't say anything profound or useful. He just needed to have a bit of a fly with her, didn't he? That's what he asked. Yeah, she didn't say anything that she hadn't already said in that previous scene when they were sat opposite each other at the desk, which is that Superman will always do whatever's right. That's exactly what she says again. So, yeah, I I think he was a bit nefarious. (laughs) I have issues about Superman. I think he's on a register. (laughs) You do have to wonder how many times he's done this to Lois as well. Oh, yeah, every, every Monday. Yes. (laughs) He's like, well, it doesn't say in my glowing crystals that that's forbidden. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe he's, yeah, there's something not quite right going on here, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So she asks him if he's still down, but he says everything is clear now. We cut to Olsen taking photographs of Jeremy in New York. Yep. Absolutely. In yep. New York. In New York, yes. Not Milton yep, Keynes. Yep. Nope. When Superman lands. He asks Jeremy to take a walk with him. They walk through New York. Yeah. They enter the United Nations building. Not not a hotel in a car park. <laughs> nope, not at all. Superman enters the auditorium. Lois and Lacey are in the large audience. Superman tells the Secretary General that he doesn't represent any country but would like to address the delegates. And he addresses them with this speech. For many years now, I have lived among you as a visitor. I've seen the beauty of your many cultures. I felt great joy in your many accomplishments. Like what, Pop-Tarts? <laughs> I've also seen the folly of your wars. As of today, I'm not a visitor anymore because Earth is my home too. We can't live in fear and I can't stand idly by and watch us stumble into the madness of possible nuclear destruction. So I've come to a decision. I'm going to do what our governments have been unwilling to do. Effective immediately, I'm going to rid our planet of all nuclear weapons. The crowd cheer. But if they're all happy about this, why didn't they get rid of them anyway? Yeah, just because Superman's waltzed in here and said suddenly said that he's going to do it for them. Yeah, suddenly everyone's like, oh yeah, what a good idea. I don't think they would. I so think he... every, every nation's crosshairs would be pointed at Superman at this point, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And we cut to a nuclear submarine firing a missile into space. And you're like, why is the submarine firing a missile into space? Is everybody agreeing to do this so Superman can destroy them? Apparently, yes, because yes. he grabs it. We cut to some Russians also launching a missile into space. Now, Superman takes it and pushes them into a net Filled with yeah. missiles. Who built this net? Superman. Oh, he did, did he? He, he just did, built yeah. this net. Yes. I, I, do right. you know what? I don't have a problem with the giant net filled with nuclear weapons, and I'll tell you why. Because I've it's seen, a stupid comic book thing. It is, and I've seen far sillier things in comic books, and, and, and it, it, it's fine. I'm, I'm okay with the big giant net. doesn't bother me at all. All right. Superman then swings the net around and flings it away from Earth towards the sun. It hits the sun... And hundreds of mu nuclear missiles are destroyed. I'm pretty sure throwing 100 nuclear missiles into the sun would have a negative effect on Earth. <laughs> well, it's not the only thing that Superman does in this movie that would have a negative effect on Earth. So, <laughs> Yeah, this film. Yes. <laughs> we cut to a very expensive apartment, all decked out in marble. Three men are waiting. As the elevator doors open, they draw their guns. But it turns out to be Lex Luthor. Yeah, remember him? He's in this film yes, too. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he's with two women. Luthor introduces the three men. Harry Howler, a nuclear strategist from America's top think tank, who looks like a nuclear strategist in the same way I'm a Harlem Globetrotter. <laughs> mean you're not. No, too sharp. Oh, is that the reason? All right, okay. Yeah. Next is Jean-Pierre Dubois, a nuclear warhead dealer to the world, and General Romanov, a mad Russian. Who is Jim Broadbent, as we said? Jim Broadbent is Jean-Pierre. Oh, yeah. Jean-Pierre. So the other yeah, two, yeah. 
the other two, William Hootkins and Stanley Lieber. So where do we see them? You mentioned they're, them. Um, they're both in Flash Gordon. Well, William Hootkins is in tons of things. He's one of the FBI agents. I presume he's an FBI agent in Raiders of the Lost Ark that gives Indy his mission. Yes. He's also um, the X-Wing pilot, the... What's it? I can't remember what he's called. Um, I was going to say Jolly, but that's that's Battlestar Galactica, isn't it? Yeah. Porkins. Porkins. Oh yeah, hi, all right, all right. In yeah. Star Wars, um, he's he's in a ton of Biggles. Yes. Yes, he's the he's the the guy that pretends to be a, a psychiatrist in London. Right. Yeah. Right. And the yeah. other guy, the Jim other Brock. guy, the other guy, Stanley Lieber, um, he's probably best known for a British sitcom in the in the eighties called Ever Decreasing Circles. Oh, I don't. I, I remember the, the sitcom. I just don't remember mm-hmm. him being in it. Jim Broadbent doesn't get any lines in this. Not in this scene, he doesn't. No, he's got some lines later, hasn't oh. he? Yeah, it's a very small role, though. Yeah, must be early in his career. Mm-hmm. So Luther says that he knows. The three are overjoyed about Superman stopping the arms race. He's been sarcastic. But he can make the world safe for war profits. He has found a way to destroy Superman. He opens the blinds and the sun blazes in and Luther describes the sun as a giant nuclear bomb that can incinerate an average man. Howler points out that Superman, he's no average man. Well, Luther goes on to reveal that he has a genetic recipe that if one of them puts the device of this recipe on one of the missiles, then Superman will have the biggest surprise of his life. Nuclear man, he'll pierce Superman's skin and make him sick. And Luffy will take a tiny commission with a lot of zeros behind it for getting rid of Superman. We cut to a protoplasm grown from Superman's hair cells, which looks like haggis. (laughs) Probably was, you know. Yeah, I still don't buy that Lex Luthor could actually create this, but all right. Mm. And they're going to obviously create a little person. So Lenny says, you know what this means? We're going to be parents. Mm-hmm. We cut to a military base. A missile is moving out. Luthor and Howler are on the base. Don't know how they got on, but they did. Who knew that secret military testing sites were so easy to infiltrate? Yeah, I guess so. Mm. Luthor and Howler sounds like a detective show. <laughs> Yeah, one that we'd probably cover on this show, actually. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and they've put the genetic material in a box that is obviously attached to the missile. No one sees this, then? No, no one sees this clearly obvious box. Mm-hmm. And, how, and when and how did they attach it? I'm, I'm assuming that this was another piece that they deleted. Maybe, or maybe they're just like, oh, I can't figure out how this, let's just don't bother, just yeah. attach it. Don't think about it. Yeah. No. I mean, it's also weird that this guy, Howler, is, what is he, selling missiles to the American military? I don't they guess so. buy their own from companies? I mean, yeah. it's all mm-hmm. it's all very odd. So there's a countdown to launch the missile, but before it's even finished, Luther hits the fire button before it gets to zero. And before the launch ramp is at the right level... Not sure the missile would have actually got into space. No, because it's just kind of uh, it's just kind of lazily at an angle, isn't it? It isn't going upwards at all. <laughs> nope, nope. Yeah. Well, it does get into space, and Superman grabs it. 
He flings it into the sun. It explodes. A ball of energy is flung from the sun and it turns into a fetus and grows into a man. He's a fiery form of energy and he speeds towards Earth. So, here we are. 43 minutes into this roughly 90-minute superhero action film. Yeah. And we've had two minor action sequences, if you could even call them that. Mm-hmm. And there's been no tangible antagonist for Superman to deal with. It's like, this this nuclear stuff should have been all in the first act. Yes, yeah, yeah. They should have brought him in earlier, shouldn't they? But oh yeah, they, they, they did have, as I say, they had scenes with a previous version of, of Nuclear Man that didn't work as well. And there's a whole action sequence where Superman fights him. So, yeah, that would make more sense yeah. then. Yeah. It's, cool. it's not a bad effect, though, when he comes flying out of the sun and, and, and changes from a fetus into a man. Didn't think that looked yeah, too bad. Sorry. That was okay. No, it's fine. I mean, it's clearly just an animation. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks all right. Yeah. I sound like I'm defending this film. <laughs> you do? So Clark is doing an aerobics class with Lacey, completely out of time and making a hash of it, as Clark is often want to do. Yeah. Uh, he pretends to hurt his back, and uh, he goes to have a rest in the corner. Lacey jumps onto a weight training machine while Clark makes silly macho man poses at some light fixture on the wall or something. I didn't quite know yeah. what it was. Sometimes it's weird because he's making an effort to be dorky. I mean, I, I think maybe he, he Superman enjoys being a dorky person for a change. I think he does. I think he does. I think he gets a kick out of it. That's. I think that I, I've always yeah, assumed I so. because I always think that's the way that Christopher Reeve plays it. Yeah. 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 Because he pushes it to an extreme. Yeah. Yeah. And then he has a little sly wink later, doesn't he? In a lot of scenes, not just in this movie, but in other scene in other movies as well. Yeah. Wink. I said wink, Colin. Oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you try? She asks him. And we get a comedy moment where the machine just lifts him up off the floor. Yes. I suppose it's all... This, this is a, all the stuff when he's Clark is fine, I think. It is, but we should be done by now at this point in the film. You see, what, you think there should be just... It just should be Superman. Well, there should be some kind of plot at some point. <laughs> Let, let's, have a, let's, let's have a story. <laughs> at some point in your 90-minute film, you might want to attempt some form of story. <laughs> Maybe the plot was what got cut. <laughs> we didn't. We don't need <laughs> yeah. the plot, you know. <laughs> we'll just have scenes. Yeah, we'll just have bits everywhere. All right. Um, uh, a trainer, a jock, comes over to help him down, making jokes. At Scottish? A jo- <laughs> hey, boy. <laughs> that was Welsh, wasn't what? it? <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to any listeners in Wales or Scotland for that. I don't <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, so he starts making jokes at Clark's expense. He takes Clarky, as he calls him, over to another area, and he hands him a bar of weights, which Clark drops instantly and falls over. The jock laughs. No pain, no gain, he mocks. Lacey and Clark share a moment, and she apologizes. Yeah, because she says she never realized how much of a jerk that trainer had been. Yeah, because this guy, he hides it so well. <laughs> He does, he does. He's, he's, anyone would think he's just a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, it's just this moment 
He seems to be a jerk. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's a jerk all the time. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got a nice line in uh, 1980s um, gym wear as well, I noticed. Uh, yeah. Tiny shorts. Tiny shorts, you know, short shorts. Yeah. Should bring those yeah. back. Your favorite. Yeah, yeah. I look good in short shorts. Anyway, and uh, Lacey asks Clark if he wants to double date with her, as Lois is doing an interview with Superman later, and they could all get together. Now, I presume it's... Uh, at first I thought, is it is it that evening? But then it seems to be daytime. So I'm, quite, I'm kind of unsure as to what the timescale of all this is. Is this the morning, and then they do it yeah. later in the afternoon, or is it the next day, or... Let's be honest, that's the least of the problems. Uh, probably, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Lacey leaves before Clark can even think of an excuse not to not to go. And we see Clark get his own back on the trainer when he asks him to pass some weights to him. Clark throws a huge set of weights and he collapses. No pain, no gain, he says innocently. This is what we were talking about, mm. the, the, the little sly wink that he has. Oh, right, yep, yep. Um, he, and he has moments like this across all four Superman movies, doesn't he? It does, yeah. Yeah. The the one that, that, that I always remember is the end of Superman 2 when he goes back to the diner. And, stop and... stop bringing up the glory days. I know, I know. This film. I'd rather watch Superman 2. <laughs> I'd rather watch <laughs> Superman 3, actually. But Okay. Next, Lex is dancing with a woman in a 17th century dress. For some yeah, reason. what's going on there? Yeah, because he's not in period costume, is he? No, so why are they doing a dance from that period I, and just? I, I'm assuming that she's a um, she's a, a a hired lady. Well, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of hired, a niche, isn't it? <laughs> oh, hired just to do that dance. Oh uh, yeah. Do you think that um, Luther phoned around different places to try and find a woman like that old advert for the Yellow Pages, the J.R. Hartley one? Oh, hello. I don't suppose you have a lady that can dance a Venetian waltz, do you? It, it is rather bold. No? Oh. Ah, yes, she must have her own costume and her own wig. No? Shame. No luck, Dad. Never mind. There's still a few more to try. Good old yellow pages. We don't just help with the nasty things in life, like a blocked drain. We're there for the nice things, too. Oh, you do? That's wonderful. Can you, uh, send her round? Oh, my name? Why, my name is... Lex Luthor. <laughs> Let your fingers do the talking. I'm sure they do, yes. Um... He suddenly hears a noise. Nuclear man is coming home. And he's had his ready break from the looks of him because he's glowing. Yes, yes, that glowing outline, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. the first thing that reminded me. It reminded me of the ready break adverts from the 80s. <laughs> yep. Nuclear man shows off his powers, lighting Lex's cigar. Ooh, what a power! <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I can do that. We're <laughs> lighter. Oh, stab back. This guy. Hey, everybody. This guy lights your cigarettes for you. 
it was well worth the effort on Lex's part, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, he spent all that money and time, and all we got was a human lighter. <laughs> Unfortunately, Nuclear Man, speaking with Lex's voice, has ideas above his station. Yeah, he's not going to be controlled by Luther. No, he says, you are nothing, he tells Lex. I am the father now. I'll scrub your back, you scrub mine, Luther. <laughs> Lenny calls him a freako. A nuclear man uses some sort of levitation power to make him spin round and round. I, I, I have issues with some of the things that nuclear man can do. <laughs> yes, so have I, yes. I've also got issues with some of the things that Superman can do later in this movie as well, but... All right. All right. Destroy Superman now, demands Nuclear Man. But Lex leads him into the shadows. Oh, he's joining Hank Mervyn and Cliff Richard? That, w- that would be something. That would be better. It would. They, they could do that dance. Oh, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Nuclear Man and Lex and Lenny. Yeah. Doing, doing what's the song? Apache? That was one of their favourites, wasn't it? Instrumental. 90 minutes of that would be better than this. <laughs> yeah. It would. But the shadows render him powerless. He gets his energy. Oh, they do? Which one? <laughs> Who did it, Hank? Yeah, yeah, Hank. <laughs> oh, Cliff. Cliff is on top of him, just pum- pummeling him in the head. Hank's pulling his boots oh, off. <laughs> Cliff Richard is nuclear man's kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. Holding a big Cliff Richard out at him. I'm going to give you a summer holiday. <laughs> Again, all better ideas. Um, He gets his energy from the sun, Lex tells Lenny. Without it, he's like you at night. Useless. I assume he means the planetary body, not the newspaper. I hope so. It's a good line. I like that line. There are a few good lines in this. Yeah. Lex then teases Nuclear Man with power by reflecting sunlight on and off with his ring. (sighs) Revive... His ring on his finger. His ring on his finger. Don't look at me like that. Reviving and then incapacitating him again. Cut to the day of the double date. And Lacey and Lois are together in an apartment. Lois seems to be doing some dance with some flowers. Uh, Don't you dance with flowers? Only when I'm alone, Colin. Oh. Or just before I'm about to record a podcast with you. Then I do it. Oh, you do a little flower dance? A little flower dance. Not a big one, just a little one. You know what they say, two lips are better than one. That almost rose a laugh in me. Oh, oh no, no! <laughs> let's, let's stop it now. So, uh, yeah, yeah, because I, I don't want to have to weed out all these bad yes, jokes. I know, I know. Oh God, you just oh. <laughs> cut. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I, no, I'm not. Because if I do it, then you'll have to do it, and then I'll have to do it. Yeah, and it will be here all night. night. So, um, Lois is excited about meeting Superman again. While Lacey is wearing a tight-fitting, skimpy affair. How do I look? She asks Lois. Illegal, she replies. Uh, no, it's not. It's, it's a, a dress. dress. How... She, she, she says illegal in six counties. What, what counties are these that don't allow people to wear dresses? Uh, yeah, I mean... It's just, a, it's just a dress. There's nothing like amazing about it. What, what could she wear that would be illegal, Colin? Live animals. <laughs> that is very true, yes. Lois warns Lacey that Clark won't notice her no matter what she's wearing. I do like how Lacey's completely obsessed with Clark, but couldn't care less about Superman. 
I thought that was a... Yes, that's nice. Yes, because yeah. you got Lois who appears to care more about Superman than Clark. Yeah. Clark arrives, and it's a comedy scene where he has to keep making excuses to leave, change to Superman, and then vice versa, come back again, doesn't he? Yeah, so why has this film now become an episode of Brush Strokes? <laughs> it is very, very sitcom-y, isn't it? Yeah. I've seen a first episode of Brush Strokes is he dates two women accidentally on the same night in the same pub and has to keep moving between them. Right, yeah. I, I guess that, that it was it was the only thing that they could think of. This whole whole scene really pushes the plot forwards as well. <laughs> I, I have to say, though, that Christopher Reeve does look like he's, he's enjoying himself doing all this stuff. Well, it's very reminiscent of that film he did. With Michael Caine. Death Trap. Good movie, that. Yeah, it is. I did like the moment where Lois warns him to notice Lacey's dress, and he just blurts out, neat dress. But as Superman, he very coolly says to her, that's a very attractive outfit you're wearing. Yes. Yes. That was, yeah. that was a nice, nice moment. How does he cook the duck without the lasers coming out of his eyes? Mind powers? He just stirs at it, right? And it cuts. Yeah. But you don't see the lasers go out of his eyes, do you? Like you no, no, because then everyone would see that. Yeah, she'd be like, "Why? Why are you firing? Clark? <laughs> why are you firing? Is it Superman at this it's point? Superman, it's Superman. It's Superman at this point. But even though she's right. been, she she would question why he's shooting laser beams into her kitchen. Yeah, 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 and also not melting the oven. Yes, it goes straight through the oven and just cooks the turkey or goose or whatever it is yeah. or duck or whatever it is. Yeah, that, that's that's convenient. It is. I, I, obviously, I, I'm skipping lots of the because this is it's quite tedious. This entire scene, so I'm just I'm just yeah, picking little is. moments out of it. But I wonder if the slip in the lobby was intentional or not. When he comes running into the lobby uh, and he, he kind of slips and almost falls over. Yeah. Or do you think it was uh, a case of all right? We've got it. Let's move on. And <laughs> <laughs> cut. Yeah. But I slipped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Moving on. That was great, mate. That was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll work perfectly. Time is money. Yeah. And another thing as well, how, <laughs> how did he ring the doorbell on the other side of the door while he was still inside the room as Superman? Well, if you could cook a chicken from across the room, <laughs> I think you could press a doorbell while anyone see it. All right. I mean, okay. anyway, magic. <laughs> anyway, this goes on until suddenly he hears a high-pitched frequency that only he can hear. It's Lex Luthor threatening to blow up a nearby building. So... Only he can hear it, so can only he see the image of Luther on that giant screen? I'm guessing, or can everyone see that and wonder? I'm guessing so. I'm guessing that's the that's the thing. They're using some sort of like weird eye frequency. <laughs> Is that a thing? Oh, okay. <laughs> eye frequency. Fine. <laughs> that works. Um, Clark changes back to Superman and flies to the building to find Lex and Lenny waiting for him. Because he says there's a bomb, right, in the Empire State Building, he says there's a which bomb. is where the apartment is. Yes. He says there's a bomb that he's going to blow, which is what bombs do. Right, but there's, n there's no bomb. There's no bomb, no. Um, there's no blow. There's no blow. There's nothing, no. There's nothing. There nope. literally is nothing. No. <laughs> Superman suspects that if Lex had really planted a bomb, he'd be a million miles away from here by now. He demands to know what his game is. So how come Luther hasn't been arrested again? Because he's not hiding yeah. his location. He's in the Empire State Building in a swank apartment. How come nobody's looking for him? He escaped from prison. He wasn't released. Yeah, I mean, if he's the most famous criminal on Earth, 
everyone would know his face, wouldn't they? Yeah, and he's gone to where he lived. Yeah. yeah. So... Have you noticed as well that there's not even an attempt to try and make it seem like Hackman's wearing a wig at this point? I hadn't noticed. Is that what they do in previous well, films? Lex Luthor's bald, isn't he? Completely bald, and he wears a wig. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I, to be honest, I f- completely forgot about that. No, but you can see that it's just Hackman's hair because he's got massive bald patches on the back of his head. <laughs> you know. Right. Why would you wear a wig that has a bald patch? You just wouldn't, would you? No. no. Lex mocks Superman for a bit before introducing him to the new kid on the block. Nuclear Man flies in badly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he walks yeah. he walks towards Superman, leaving hot footprints on the floor. Yeah, hot footprints on the floor. Sounds like a 1970s soul <laughs> album. <laughs> It'd be funky, wouldn't it? Very funky, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah. disco. Lex tells Superman to look closely, and Superman deduces what he's done with the DNA and all that business. Yeah, yeah. somehow. It's a hell of a, hell of a is, deduction. But, you know, he's good. Lex raises a glass of champagne to the end of Superman before ordering Nuclear Man to destroy Superman. And what we get is an FX-laden, exciting, edge-of-your-seat superhero battle. Right? Wait, what what (laughs) film did you watch? (laughs) We don't, do we? I think we get a a fight in a model village at one point. (laughs) Is that what you meant? Well, let's go through it. Step by step, there's all right. We? Go on, okay. Then. So, so they struggle on the balcony for a bit and then they fall off, struggling as they fall. Um, mm-hmm. did, did you see the awful shot of Superman falling then suddenly speeding up off screen? Yeah, I did. <laughs> what was that? They didn't see that, they couldn't do anything about that. You'd cut away, wouldn't you? You wouldn't just leave yeah, it, apparently. Uh, next, they uh, they fly around the earth. Sorry, I mean a couple of action figures fly around the earth. Right. That they right. they possibly went down went went down to the local Toys R Us and bought a couple of decent looking Superman action figures, painted one green. They'll do, won't they? Yeah. And um, Superman flies up behind Nuclear Man and slaps him on the back. I mean, it's not it's not ever. punching people through through buildings. It's not Man of Steel. Is it? <laughs> no, it's not. No. no. Next, there's this Great Wall of China sequence um, where Nuclear Man uses his blast to destroy it and Superman puts it back together just by staring at it. There's a lot of staring at things in this film, right? There is. Now, apparently, in the script, he uses super speed to rebuild it, but obviously the budget couldn't stretch to super speed, could it? So, What, what just having put a few bricks down and speed it up? Yeah, couldn't do that. It's a good job he didn't get it wrong, and instead of rebuilding the wall, he cooked it. You know, it's the same because it's the same setting in his vision as for cooking the chicken. Makes no sense. Is it mind powers he's got now? It's magic. Uh, oh, we're back to the magic, are we? All right. I'm still not having it. So, uh, <laughs> see, see, Supergirl episode, whatever that was, whatever number that was. Yeah. So more action figures fly above the Earth, and Nuclear Man then freezes superman with cold breath um yeah i have a problem with this bit i I know where you're going with this but go on if nuclear man can't tolerate cold because he's nuclear how can he breathe ice and entrap superman i don't know don't even think they know 
Okay. I mean, the only thing I can suggest is maybe he's got some of Superman's DNA, hasn't he? So similar powers to Superman, maybe? Yeah. It's a stretch. I know. No, it's rubbish. (laughs) Nuclear Man then flies into a volcano, causing it to erupt. I presume this is supposed to be Vesuvius, is it? Because we're in Italy. Well, maybe. Didn't think about where it was. Because there's lots of Mamma Mia's and all that kind of thing going on in a minute, isn't there? Oh, pizza? Yes, right, yes. (laughs) Mm. All right. The lava is going to destroy a small town beneath it. People will die horribly. On paper, this sounds amazing, though. This whole fight, if it was done properly, could be amazing. And and when you say small town, you mean miniature, almost model. Almost model. (laughs) I don't think it's almost model, is it? <laughs> I mean, I, I've I've had my issues with Derek Meddins in the past on various episodes that we've we've discussed him, um, but I'd take Derek Meddins any day over this. <laughs> <laughs> you you were yearning for Meddings' return. I was, yes, yes. Luckily, Superman breaks free from the ice, and then he lasers off the top of a mountain, and he uses it to plug the volcano up. I'm not sure of the science yeah. behind this. Are you? No. Also, he's interfering. He is interfering, yes. Yes. Yeah. But if a volcano is just pressure, isn't it? Yeah, so it just push it out or it would explode from weaker points. Yes. It wouldn't just suddenly would stop, would it? No. No. No, it doesn't stop. It doesn't work like that, does it? No. He, he flies down and he freezes the lava before it destroys the model village. Mm. Next, Superman and Nuclear Man fight in space. And Nuclear Man seems to have the power of long false nails now. Ah, I also know why Superman underestimates Nuclear Man. Go on. So, in Metropolis, a few years earlier, there was a chain of beauty shops called Clur. Okay. And they had financial difficulties. So eventually they kind of rebooted the franchise and they renamed the shops New Claire, right? Yeah. So part of that rebranded was to appeal to the you know the new modern man. So they created an advertising slogan: "Are you a new Claire man?" <laughs> yeah, they did a new Claire man. So when Superman heard Nuclear Man. Uh, he thought he was fighting one of them. He thought he was going to be dealing with Blosher or Mascara. And that's where new Claire man got his long nails from. Oh, obviously, this is backstory that they must have cut from the 130-odd minute cut of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah, left yeah. it in. Yeah. They explained everything. Yeah. They struggle a bit more in space and then head back to Metropolis where Nuclear Man decides to lift the Statue of Liberty... <laughs> And drop it on the city. The model of the Statue of Liberty looked like something you'd just find in a gift shop. Yeah, but smaller. But smaller, yes. Superman catches it and starts to fly it back, but Nuclear Man hissily scratches him on the neck. Yeah. Ooh, scratching. But Superman, he's a trooper, he manages to land the statue back on its plinth, and it's that's fine, apparently. And just put it back. Yes, yeah. just put it back. Yeah. It's fine. It's okay. I mean, it'll come to life in Ghostbusters 2, but never mind. Yeah, yeah. It's only a matter of time. Um, But Superman collapses onto the ground. He's hurt. Nuclear Man lands and gives an almighty boot to him, kicking Superman into the sky. Superman has lost the fight. 
again, I say that that whole thing should have been amazing. I mean, I can I I can live with all the wacky ideas, the craziness of it, as long as it was done well. But it's probably some of the worst special effects in any movie outside of a, a you know outside of a low budget movie. But this is supposed to be a big blockbuster summer mainstream movie. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. And it also also it also should have taken place about forty minutes ago. Yes. Yes. This should be the second fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um how Oh oh, oh this should be the first fight, but in the Early first act the movie, Superman yeah. loses and then, then he's rebuilding. Yeah. How how did Gollum and Globus do you think they actually sat down and watched this and thought it was good? I don't think they did they watch anything that they yeah, made. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. It's just yeah. like businessmen, aren't they? Yeah, that's a very good point. Anyway, Superman's cape flutters down in the breeze and lands. The Man of Steel is gone. Cut yeah. to Daily Planet. Lacey's dad has made her the new publisher, and he shows her to her office where Superman's cape sits folded on the desk. They bought it cheap, apparently. Is Superman's cape just, just a cape? Just, you know, normal fabric? Knocked up on a sewing machine. Why? So there's nothing special about the cape. I just presu- I right? presume. No, I don't know. I presumed it was always like Kryptonian fabric or something. Right. So you wouldn't get it cheap. Whoever had it would keep it or sell it for millions. Because unless it was a, you know, it was a, a a homeless guy who didn't know any better or something. You know, maybe he was desperate for cash. Also, I have to say, in some of the close-up, the cape does look like it was. Sewn together by. Maybe he's got a million of them. Maybe it wasn't really Superman's cape. Oh yeah, he's just yeah. got he's just got a wardrobe full of capes. Yes, <laughs> that's the sixteenth one I've sold today. Well, they do, they must need cleaning. Well, if it is Kryptonian fabric, maybe it cleans itself. Well, it cleans itself after or during. Like if he sweats with his super sweat. But you've already established that it's magic. So yeah, I mean magic you, cape. Yeah, Bye. magic cape can appear on his body. Whenever. Right. Suddenly, Lois barges in angrily, and she's brandishing a copy of the latest newspaper. The headline reads, Superman dead? She grabs the cape and storms out, quitting. She's had enough. Haven't we all? Yeah. <laughs> quit the film. Yeah. Do you know, I saw this um, when it came out in the cinema, and I saw it at the, the Ritz Cinema in Wigan. Remember the Ritz in the town centre? It's a ABC. Same yeah, the, cinema. yeah, the big, the big cinema. Yeah. Okay, yep. And the thing about this movie that always sticks in my mind is, I knew it was a terrible movie even as a kid, and I watched it. Hmm. But they had sound issues at the time, so everything was like inaudible and really low. But nobody fixed it through the whole movie. Hmm. So all nobody the, complained. Nobody complained. All the dialogue was spoken very quietly, like this. Well, dramatic. I know. Didn't make it any better. Made it worse. No. <laughs> that's my overriding memory of this movie every time I watch it. You're like, wow, this is loud. Yes, it was supposed to be at this volume. <laughs> so Lois grabs the cape and storms out, as I said, quitting. Warfield tells Lacey to let her go and also to fire Clark because he hasn't been seen in days. He's not even been to work. He hasn't called. Nothing. Lacey admits she's worried about him. This is where Lacey starts to change. She does. Warfield tells Lacey not to get involved with the help. But she tells her dad to stuff it 
and goes to find Lois, who is packaging up Superman's cape. Yeah, and doing an absolutely horrendous wrapping job. Oh, it's popping out all sorts of corners, and it's everywhere. Yeah, you can still see the capes, though. Yeah. Lacey apologises and asks if she's heard from Clark, but Lois, still upset, just leaves. We cut to Clark in his apartment, who seems to have developed flu-like symptoms from his scratch. Hmm. Yeah, COVID. Yeah, he needs a test. Uh, At least I hope that's what all the sweating and the tissues are all about. Well, what else would it be? (laughs) Lois breaks in. (laughs) Lois breaks in and is shocked to see how sick Clark is. She admits that a strange feeling drew her to Clark's apartment. And she tells Clark that she senses Superman is in trouble too. So, does she know again? No? And she's just playing along or what's going on here? Or or is she just sensing it? Like, you know, gut instinct kind of thing? Possibly. Intuition? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It It is very hazy. It is. Clark tells Lois that he's sure that Superman can manage, but Lois emotionally says that if he can't manage, then she'd like to tell him just how much she cares about him. Clark thanks her on behalf of Superman and wipes away her tears, telling her that he just needs to rest. As Lois leaves, she gives him the the cape, saying that if Clark does hear from Superman, he might need it. That whole conversation suggests that she knows she's talking to Superman. But she just doesn't want to say it outright. Like she's she's yeah. she's keeping the 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 unspoken thing unspoken. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Lex is counting his huge wad when the three comedy arms dealers arrive. But Lex has decided to double cross them all and take full control, and he uses Nuclear Man to chase them all away. Yeah, and for some reason, at one point, Nuclear Man beeps like a binatone. <laughs> I heard that as well. I thought it was something in the background. Oh, was it? I couldn't work out what it was from. It's like someone was playing Pong somewhere. <laughs> He's probably one of the crewmen behind the scenes. Yeah, doing something more interesting. I mean, you'd be bored, wouldn't you? Lex then talks about how he could be king of the world now that Superman is dead. How does that work? Well, he's got Nuclear Man, hasn't he? Because I presume that's what he means. Oh, all right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back at Clark's apartment... Do you remember the Kryptonian power source that he removed from his ship at the top of the movie? Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Yes, the one that there's only one of them. There was only one of them, and he never mentioned it before, but for some reason in this movie he decided to remove it from his ship. Right, right. Put it in his jacket. That's right. Well, and now a really sick Clark, so sick he looks grey at about 70 at this point, takes it out and he starts to cuddle it. And, and nothing. We just cut to sunrise. So, so it doesn't do anything. That's all right. Okay, fine. Right. And Nuclear Man wakes up feeling a bit, a bit horny. Okay, wants to play the trombone. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. He notices a pic of Lacey on the front page of the newspaper. Ah, okay, yeah. Flying into the city, he lands in the street, he roars a bit. And then he walks towards the Daily Planet building or some hotel. (laughs) Who knows at this point? Yeah. That's more accurate. But wait, there's someone waiting for him in the doorway. (gasps) It's a rejuvenated Superman. Um, so the the crystal rejuvenated him? I guess so. When he cuddled it? 
I guess. Oh, I must have. I must have. I must have switched off during the scene where we saw that happen. <laughs> no, you didn't. Ah, no. Okay. No, it's not there. Ah. Where is the woman? Asks Nuclear Man. Give it up. You'll never ah, find. Yeah. How... Okay. So, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going for it. I know you're. Yeah. How does Superman know what woman he's talking about? And why is Nuclear Man obsessed with this woman suddenly when he's just seen a picture of her? Maybe he's never seen a woman before. Well, no, they're all over the place. But he's never seen a woman before. He's just been flying around and flying Superman. He must have seen him when he was flying around. There there was loads on that Great Wall of China. (sighs) I'm trying, Colin. I'm really trying. Oh no. Um he's 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 oh, he just Is it he, is it like that time you got obsessed about Heather Locklear because you saw her in a newspaper once? I did. Is it that kind of I, is it that kind of thing? I, I I think you're remembering that slightly wrong, Colin, but uh, <laughs> for the purpose of the podcast, yes it was. <laughs> okay. Alright? Does that make you happy? Alright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh how does he know? Uh uh who knows? Who knows? Yeah, th- th- this is the point where I'm like, wow, this film's really falling apart. It, it is. It's like they're not even trying anymore, are they? No. But Nuclear Man has another bit of a hissy fit, and he starts blowing up cars with his Like you do. Powers. Yep. With his what? With his oh, powers. powers. Superman yep. blows out the fires. Uh, cops appear. But Nuclear Man has another special thing for them. He know he uses his levitation powers again and raises them all up. This is the way when the SWAT van is spinning and they come out the SWAT van spinning. Yeah. I like that shot. I think that's a good shot. It is a good shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like the fact they're all spinning at the same time and speed. Yeah. It looks great. I, yeah. I like the shot. My as favorite. Well of, it's my favorite shot of the film. I also like the shot in this where um, he the the police officer is is running towards him and then he he goes flying back over the car. But it's a weird shot. It's like he's. Oh, I mean, obviously he's just being pulled back on a cable, but it looks yeah. but it looks good. Yeah, still not sure what this power is though, or why he's got it. It's just the the power of spinning, spinning power, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's spinning got a power. spinning power. Okay, all right. Yeah. But luckily, Superman remembers that new looking power that he has in China, and he stirs them back to the ground. It's like the Swiss Army knife of stirs, isn't it? <laughs> just, just whatever you want. <laughs> just stir at him. You have to make sure you're stirring at the right thing, though. It could go horribly wrong if you're not. Well, that's what I mean. You've also got to make sure you're using the right stirring power. Oh, so it has degrees of stirring power is what you're saying. Well, no, it could have stirred at those people and cooked them. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. Yes, like the so, duck. He's oh, like, yeah, whoops. Yes. <laughs> Nobody saw that, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, nuclear man, what have you done? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there's no beams, so you've no source of where it's coming from. <laughs> so you could do that. You could, yes, you could. I also like the melting gun. That was quite good as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And in fairness, cooking people would be more of a nuclear power than <laughs> Superman's <would>, yes. power. <laughs> Mag- <laughs> he should, instead of nuclear man, he could be called microwave man, couldn't he? Yeah, but then every three minutes he'd go ping. Yes. <laughs> a film would be really short. You'd have to take his costume off and stir him as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, and mm. then every time you cook somebody, the outsides would be burnt, but the inside would still be frozen. <laughs> ah, maybe that's where he got his power that when he froze Superman in the block of ice. 
Ah, because he used his microwave power pulled from yeah. the inner car that wasn't actually cooked properly. Yes. See, we're making a better movie already. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Finally, Superman offers to take Nuclear Man to Lacey inside and leads him into the building. Superman tries to lure Nuclear Man into the elevator, but <laughs> he's got no time for that. His nuclear rod is running hot. He just flies through the ceiling up to the top floor. Did you notice the huge, thick black cables on either side of Nuclear Man as he flew through the through the ceiling? Not only that, but I also noticed that he was covering his face. Yes, he was. <laughs> he had his head down and his arms were over it to make sure he wasn't hurting his face in any way whatsoever. Which, you know, you would, but seems a bit odd for a superhero to he do. Does. He does. Or a veil supervillain, I should say. Yes. Superman then tricks Nuclear Man into thinking that Lacey is in another room, but it's really the elevator. So doesn't he remember that the elevator looks exactly the same on the bottom floor as well? I find that the idea of a Superman stopping to push an elevator button, there's something not quite right about that in an action sequence. No. It feels sillier than Superman lifting up um, the Statue of Liberty, in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just weird. I imagine him right running and going, pook, and then just... <laughs> and the doors open and it's like... Playing in the elevator. They, they, the they do that. They do that in one of the Spider-Man movies, don't they? Oh, did they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Can't remember. Um, he closes the doors, bathing Nuclear Man in darkness in the elevator, and he flies the elevator to the moon, leaving it there, pausing to straighten the U.S. flag. Yes. Mm. Yes, that's been made crooked by the. Giant winds. <laughs> yes. I wondered about that as well. Um, unfortunately, the sun's rays hit the elevator. Nuclear man wakes. And a fight begins in slow, slow motion. I presume because they're on the moon. So is it the radiation gets through the elevator? Yeah, it comes through the doors. So it's not the light, it's the radiation. Yeah, they make it seem like it's the light though, don't they? Yeah, but it must be the radiation, yeah. otherwise it still wouldn't affect him if he's in the no. elevator. There's no windows. Um, during this fight as well, Nuclear Man seems to have developed a, a sound like a, that sounds like a velociraptor from Jurassic Park. Yeah, well, he's in space. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, that, he, he screams when he's in space. Yes, <laughs> in the same way that Superman can speak Russian in space. That's right, yeah. Yes, okay. <laughs> At one point, Superman even steps on nuclear man's toes or, or the, the other way around that's how bad this fight is they're like stomping on each other's feet yeah isn't there a scene where superman bangs his head and he's like rubbing his head yes <laughs> he's like oh my head it, th this whole fight sequence it, it, it seems like something they didn't have anyone to 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 coordinate a fight sequence they couldn't obviously couldn't afford that so it's almost like they said to the two actors well, just come up with something. Yeah, on the day. Just come up with something yeah. between you, and then we'll work with it. Yeah, I agree. That's what it feels like. Eventually, Nuclear Man gets the better of Superman, and he jackhammers him into the moon's ground before flying back to Earth for Lacey. Smashing into the Daily Planet, Nuclear Man captures Lacey, and he flies off with her. Superman digs himself out, and he heads back to Earth, but not before writing the crooked uh, US flag again. Yeah, it's also, uh, uh, this whole obsession with Lacey all of a sudden is just weird. 
doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The only thing I can think of is that there is stuff that we're missing here. You know, that, that, oh, that yeah. was there. Oh. That it, you know, Superman has a plan, though. He pushes... Get ready for this. Uh, go on, tell me. He pushes the moon in front of the sun, which turns off nuclear man's powers. But uh, the catastrophes that that would cause on Earth... <laughs> yep, yep, yep. If you, if you thought flinging nuclear missiles into the sun would cause problems... Pretty sure moving the moon would also have issues. <laughs> Tides would be oh. messed up. Yeah. 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 But there's worse to come. Nuclear man loses his power in space mm-hmm. while he's flying with Lacey in space. Yeah. So she's in so she's in space, right? And yeah. she's okay, right? She's in a spacesuit, obviously. No spacesuit. No spacesuit? No spacesuit. In space. Then the, the, the she's dead, right? No, no, no. She's dangling from his foot. In space, but no spacesuit. Yeah. And not dead. Not dead, no. She's, you know, we said that she was, she was a robust woman. She's obviously very yes. robust. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. So she's breathing in space. She's breathing in space. I think she screams at one point. Yeah, I think she does, Paul. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Superman flies her back. He drops Nuclear Man into a big nuclear power plant thing. <laughs> and it causes a power surge in the city, and and that's that. So, And this power surge makes lights come on that are turned off. Yes. Well, I'm pretty sure if you turn them off, it's not coming on, no matter what. <laughs> They're, they make a noise as well when they come on. Yeah, they do. They yeah. go. It goes. It's something like. Oh, <laughs> well, it's just like that. It goes. Yes. My lights do that all the time. <laughs> so nuclear man's dead. But no. Yes. Much yes. like this movie. Um. So later, Perry White has um. He's bought back all the controlling shares in the Deadly Planet. Warfield is out. Yeah. This is what. Perry White was doing all this time throughout the entire film. He was somehow buying... I mean, he's just the editor of this newspaper, right? He's not he rich. No, he's just the editor. But somehow he's managed to buy a majority of the shares. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, this multi-billionaire can only buy the minority of shares. I, it seems that way, yes. Meaning various people had the other shares and White bought them from... the. Mm-hmm. All right, this this sounds plausible and not just written tacked on to the end to make a <laughs> nice little neat ending. Okay. You, you've got to give Jackie Cooper his due, though. He, he he gets the best deal in this movie. He's at the beginning of the movie, and then he doesn't turn up until the end of the movie. That's true, yeah. Yeah, unless there were scenes where he's he's in boardrooms and things that they cut out, which is possible, I suppose. Oh, the, there are lots of people in boardrooms. <laughs> I was in one, yeah. Um... Outside the UN, Superman gives a press conference. Um, it's a good shot of him flying in and landing. It's the best flying shot in the movie. Oh, you like this one? Yeah, it's the, because it's it's the closest thing to the flying shots in the original Superman movie. Right. The way he's on a harness and he comes flying in. In fact, there's hardly any of that in the movie at all. That's true, yeah. Mm. yeah it's mostly uh, like chroma key and superimposed shots. Yeah. Right? yeah. So if they could do it here, why couldn't they do it in other places? He gives a speech. 
Superman decides that it's not his responsibility to give the world peace, but we have it in ourselves to create it. It's a good speech. Yeah. I'm not doing the speech, before you look at me. No. Finally, Lex and Lenny are driving down what looks like the M1. It just looks like an English (laughs) motorway, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Uh, When Superman snatches them up, he drops Lenny at a boys' school and Lex back at the chain gang. Is the world going to be vaporised? asks Lex. No, it's always... No, it's as it always was, replies Superman. On the brink, with good fighting evil. See you in 20. Maybe not. Well, oddly enough, it is 20 years between this movie and Superman Returns. Is it really? I thought it was longer. No, it's 20 years. Nice. And as Superman takes his final bow across the earth with shots called from better movies, that's the end of Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. So, Paul, as you're the uh, fan of superhero movies, what did you think of Superman 4, The Quest for Peace? Well, it's a mess. There's no denying it. It's a mess from start to finish. Whether it's terrible cut price special effects or reuse shots over and over and over again. The sense that you can't, I feel like the mentality behind the scenes in the studio was it's good enough. Case in point, not having the money to have Superman physically rebuild the Great Wall. So, you know, just get him to look at it a bit. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Stop a train by staring at it. Yeah. It's sad. There is a movie here that's trying to get out. There's a decent superhero movie here that, that if only, if only they had the money Mm. or people with talent behind it. I do think the central idea of Superman trying to rid the world of nuclear weapons is a really good idea. I think Christopher Reeve's Superman going head-to-head with Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor again uh, is a good idea. We've got a superhero, supervillain face-off in Metropolis. Again, another good idea. And I like the comic book tone of it all. All could have been done better in, in more competent hands, I think. Right. Do I hate it? I can't say I hate it because... It's Superman, it's Christopher Reeves, and it's funny, unintentionally most of the time. But I can't say I don't enjoy watching this film. But in no reality is this a hit. Not even in Bizarro World is this a hit. Um, (laughs) And that's coming from someone that you know is a diehard comic book fan. Yeah. It's a miss. Um, It's a very, very, very sad miss. And the worst thing about it is it's a shame that this is... This was Christopher Reeve's swan song as Superman. For our generation, Christopher Reeve will always be Superman. So that's sad. Right. Um, but it's a miss. Every, in no reality is this not a miss. So go on, Colin. Wow. Tell me how much you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, welcome to Bizarro Land. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, the script is just atrocious. It's like, who's your villain in this film? Lex Luthor, he disappears for most of it. Mm-hmm. Why do we have this story about the Daily Planet being taken over by this billionaire who runs these rags? It's, it doesn't really do anything yeah. to the plot. Mm-hmm. Why is Nuclear Man only introduced almost an hour into the film? Yeah, yeah. Again, I agree with everything you're saying. No. Yeah. I do like that it's not dark. Mm. It's not brooding. And we don't see like whole cities destroyed. No. Yeah, there's a sense of fun about yeah. it. And, and, and I can imagine on a Sunday afternoon when you're doing something else, it's okay to have on mm-hmm. and watch. But yeah, it's not a hit. It's certainly nothing compared to the previous films. Um, yeah, so for me, this is a miss. Oh, that's rather sad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, thank you for listening. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you download the podcast. And thank you to our current Patreon supporters. Until next time, goodbye. Bye. Bye.